Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, you know I'm going to cut that out. Now, okay, because I can edit all this. I can edit all this. All right, Tad, uh, why yeah. don't you tell me a little bit about... Uh, what you're doing, Monty, uh, the celebrated author, and a little bit about, um, you know, your, your website. All right. Well, um, I work with uh, Monty Montgomery uh, at my website, youhavetheright.com. That's spelled Y-O-U. We'll have, have a link right. in description com. for you. Sure. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll also have a link. Yeah. Right, just because I get that quite a bit. And Monty is uh, one of the few people that's out there that is who promotes things uh, or understandings and information based on his own long-term study and application of the law. And I don't think he does much, if anything, or promotes much of it or of anything to people that he has not done himself, which is unusual. Uh, which means that well, when, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so when he's telling you about a certain way to do something, it's because he himself has done it. And one of the things that I like about uh, Monty is that he says he does not use people as guinea pigs. And I've been in this long enough to see people use as guinea pigs and to see the horrific results. So um, I, I feel really good that uh, when Monty says to do something, that we have some kind of experience to point to that would support what he's saying. And, and you were saying that uh, you have some viral books of his, or some of his books that went well, viral? <laughs> yeah, he's got uh, the first one that started it was called The uh, Errant Sovereign's Handbook. And... The Errant Sovereign's Handbook is kind of the basis for everything that he does. And um, there's been some well, some minor changes here and there since then. But um, that was a really good book. And one thing I like to tell people is that if you want to get out of jury duty, just print out the Errant Sovereign's Handbook and take it into jury duty and hold it in front of you when they do the roll call. And they'll see that you're one of them troublemakers and they'll let you go. <laughs> you mean people that know the law? <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let me get to, uh, let, let's get to, uh, Monty, you there, I guess. Yes, I am. Um, look, part of me we were talking. Because I'm not, part of me has got to be here because I'm not all there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Neither am I, so we're both even. <laughs> look, one of the things that uh, when I was talking to you and I was listening to, you know, some of your videos, and I know that my subscribers are going to be interested in, is um, creating a contract. You know, you, you talked about UCC, and all of it is actually a contractual agreement. And I understand the concept is, since it is a contractual agreement, it's subject to being able to be either revised or renegotiated. I also right. liked your concept of if you're pulled over by a police officer, 
Um, everybody already knows, you know, that's, that's on my channel. You, you, you start recording. Get your camera going, okay? That's the first thing that you do. You don't answer any questions. You don't do anything until you got your camera going. And you were talking about um, um, contract for the, uh, for the cop. Have them sign a contract before you talk to them. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, if um, it goes to the constitutionality of the uh, statutes, and the statutes are all that they can see. They can't see beyond them. So neither can the courts. <clears throat> so I've always told people, if they do not have the express authority to act, to use public authority of any kind, through the Constitution, then they have to obtain it directly from you through contract. And that's why they want your signature on, on so many different things, because that's evidence that you've authorized it. And it creates a contractual relationship. Right. And one of the reasons, for example, that a traffic officer will ask you to produce the registration on the vehicle, because the first indication he has is that <clears throat> The license plate, state-issued license plate on the vehicle uh, is para, uh, prima facie evidence that the state has an interest in the title to that property. You can't get a license plate unless you send the title to the property into the DMV or to the state. They won't, they won't give you license plates without it. So they're holding the title, which means they have an interest in that property. Which gives them jurisdiction over you. Well, that's you have to look at this from the or officer. Or the property. Or the property, yeah. Right. You have to look at this from the officer's viewpoint is <clears throat> whether it has current tags on it or not. If it's got a state-issued license plate on it, then that state has an interest. That's prima facie evidence that the state has an interest in that property. And they have a right to, on that legal theory, they have a right to regulate how you use their property, which includes having a driver's license. Okay, let me interject real quickly here. Uh, a lot of the different videos and discussions are, you know, on the right to travel and the... Uh, uh, that's not the same you know, The fine print, yeah, the fine print. That's why I want to get it clarified for, you know, the subscribers. You know, the fine print of I'm a driver and engaged in a commercial activity. So this is totally different or a different approach that you can take, correct? Um, yeah, it's, it's nothing new. It's just understanding how this works. In other gotcha. words, this system operates a, a very great deal, especially the courts operate a very great deal on presumptions. So if they see a license plate, they, they presume several things. Gotcha. So you don't really have to go the whole route of, I'm not actually a driver and try to educate the officer the difference between uh, commercial activity and traveling. Right. Um, Good. Because if they can't level something at you, they're going to level it whoever's name is on that registration. Gotcha. Registration, you have to understand, so many people just don't bother to look up the terms, what they mean. Registration, when you look up the term, literally means um, offering up property 
for the purposes to the state for the purposes of taxation and regulation. When you register, right, your, gotcha. when you register your vehicle, register your kids for uh, school, register to vote, it always means the same thing. You're offering up your property, like in the case of registration to vote. You're offering up your you're offering up your protected individual rights and subordinating them uh, to majority rule as expressed by the legislature. So registering your kids give you gives up your your parental authority and gives uh, child services some jurisdiction over, like say, your child and entering your house, et cetera. Well, it's Would part of it. Correct? I mean, it's part of it, but then. You also have the birth certificate, which is registered with the state. Um, I mean, gotcha. anytime you anytime you involve the word registration, you're offering up something that belongs to you to the state for its per, for purposes of taxation and or regulation. Okay, this is a little bit off topic, and then we'll get yeah. back on topic. But okay. okay, so if I have to sign something for whatever reason, and I and I see those words registration. And I've got red flags going off now because I now know that I'm giving up my right, um, mm -hmm. and I have to sign it. How would I want to sign that? Uh, where a lot I'm of still people, re yeah, a lot of people put in uh, without prejudice. They put in uh, UCC 1-207. I mean, they put a lot of stuff in there. But the one thing that will cover just about anything and everything when you qualify your signature, and it really tangles up the works for the other side. And it's a Latin term. And the reason I put it in Latin is because it, not only is it all-inclusive, but and it's recognized by the UCC and commercial law. But I put it in Latin because under the UCC, if you're going to give somebody notice, you have to make it conspicuous. Mm -hmm. So when you when you put it in Latin, that makes it conspicuous. So what you put immediately above your signature on anything, I don't care what it is, whether you're opening a bank account or you know registering your kids or registering a vehicle or whatever, right above your signature you put non n o n dash a sunset a s s u m p as in Priscilla. S-I-T, non-assumpted. And then the next word is per, P-E-R. The next word is item, I-D-E-M. The next word is sonans, and that's S-O-N-O-M-S-C. No, S-N-O-N-A-S. All right. ANS, I'm sorry. Item Sanans. It's okay. We're, we're all getting old, older. Yeah. Well, I'm doing this out of my head. Um, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Memory doesn't work as well. <laughs> it's S-O-N-A-N-A-N-S, uh, Item Sanans. That right. happens to be a doctrine, and that's how they get around the all-capital letter name, incidentally, because it sounds the same. Um, hey, Tad, I'll One get second. into that hey, Yes. Tad? Um, Tad's producer here. Um, Tad, we've got some stuff that we're going to put up on your website that's freebies for them. Do you think that you could put a description of of that and what it's for on the, the little free section that we're going to be setting up? Sure. Okay. Um, All right. Then. Uh, and so it's 
non-assumptive per item sonans persona P-E-R-S-O-N-A ficta as the last word F-I-C-T-A that phrase actually comes out of the Vatican they're the ones that created it but it ended up in law so <clears throat> what that uh, non-assumptive per item sonans persona ficta what, how that translates into English literally is I assume no liability by or through any fictitious entity having a name that sounds the same as mine when spoken. And you can do that if you're getting like a ticket also. Uh, you would recommend you having it, that on there. You can do it on anything that they want your signature on. Okay, we'll do we'll do a show on that also because um, I do like this, okay? I really enjoy this stuff. Uh, but let's let's get back to so I'm going down the road, uh-huh. and um, I see some lights behind me. And other than getting my my uh, my camera going because I want to make sure to record it, uh, tell us your story and and how that worked with you using the contract, being able to renegotiate the contract with the officer. Um. Well, my. I know of other people that have used it, but my own personal experience was, um, you know, they come up and they ask for your driver's license, and you uh, you say, uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do, and I'll say whatever you want me to say as soon as you contract with me not to violate my rights. They will ask you again to produce a driver's license. I'll, then you repeat it. Right behind you say, I'll do whatever you want me to do, and I'll say whatever you want me to say as soon as you contract with me uh, not to violate my rights. And they have to ask you three times for the license, so you respond three times the same way. At that point, in my own case, um, the fellow said, uh, well, what, what is this contract? What, what, what is that about? Now, I can write this contract out of my head, but most people can't. So there's a generic form you can fill in the blanks. Uh, and we'll have that up on um, on Tad's website also, guys. So we'll have right. some links in the uh, description for you all so you can look at it. But I'm sorry, go ahead, Money. And uh, in my case, I uh, I told him that, you know, the contract basically, I can write it up here. It won't take me just a minute. Um is uh, you and I are going to contract that uh, I will do whatever you want me to do and say whatever you want me to say uh, as soon as you sign a contract that you're not going to violate my rights and give me permission to sue you if you do. And he went back to his car and I guess he radioed back to his uh, in charge through the dispatcher and when he came back, he said, have a nice day. <laughs> they didn't want to deal with that. Huh? <laughs> no, his, now, supervisor, you, you... his supervisor didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> All right. So now let's say that um, now, I have another. To... I have another oh, one that you might find interesting. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I had a guy come up and ask for a driver's license and and uh, I let him ask me three times and I pulled out a piece of paper and my pen 
and I said, I hereby give myself permission to use the or, you know, <clears throat> engage in commercial activities on the highway and signed it, put my birthday on there without the dashes or slashes. So it's just a string of numbers. That not only established who I was when I was born, but also gave the license a number, and I handed it to him. He says, what's this? And I said, that's my license to drive. I don't need a license to exercise my right to travel, but I do need one to engage in, the, in commerce on the highways. So I just gave myself permission to do that. That's what a license is. And he said, well, you can't do that. And I said, are you challenging my authority? I hope you are, because I could use the money. Really? And he <laughs> he looked at that, and he thought about it, and he thought about it, but he says, well, I'll just give you a warning this time. Have a nice day. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> no. Okay, so let me ask you this then, too. Okay, so I, I try to give them the contract, and let's say they refuse to do it. And again, I'm recording all this. Um, and if it goes to court, let's say I've got to now go to court, how, mm -hmm. how do I handle that, or how do I use that to my advantage? Well, that goes back to what I just said about qualifying your signature with that Latin phrase, because the only way they can come at you, they can't come at you through the Constitution, okay? They have to come right. under contract law, and you've just ripped the guts out of that, because the only way they can come at you through contract law is coming at you through a fiction that they created, which is called the all capital letter name, or IE straw man. So, <clears throat> um, now it becomes a contract dispute, and um, that's civil, it's not criminal, and they can't use the police power of the state to enforce a civil contract. And this would be because he's refusing? In other words, you're recognizing um, that uh, the officer needs to engage in the contract. He's refusing. So right. to make it simple, we're basically negating the whole encounter because there is no contract now. Right. And in other words, you're forcing him to um, use his authority to compel you to do something. Mm -hmm. And the state is restrained uh, constitutionally in any number of other ways. The state is, con that's official misconduct. They cannot compel you. They have to get your agreement. And they, they don't have the authority to compel you to do to comply, no one can force you to surrender your rights to oh. public policy statutes, and that's what you're dealing okay. with. Okay, I got you. And you attempting to um, negotiate with the officer uh, yeah. a situation where you can comply with what he's wanting to do, and yet he's refusing to do what his oath is. He's taken the oath of office to protect your constitutional rights, anyways. That's so by refusing, right. he's stating that now I'm going to violate your rights. I'm not going to agree to not violating your rights, which would be prima facie for I'm going to violate your rights. Yeah. So you're using prima facie back on them. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, now it's clearer in my head. I'm hoping it's clearer in all the subscribers. Remember, I'm just an old, not too bright guy. It takes me a minute to get to get things. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a good argument. I like that. 
Now, most people can't do that out of their head like me, um, but that's just a matter of confidence, and it's a matter of, uh, and confidence comes from certainty of knowing what you're doing and understanding what you're talking about. Um, the other is you have to have a certain amount of backbone. Now, I, I assume that you probably know the UCC codes, you know, that, uh, you know, back this up for, you know, the subscribers. Would that be correct? Um, it's kind of like the Bible. I know it, but I don't know it chapter and verse. Well, I was wondering if you might, uh, okay, everybody, we're going to have uh, the uh, the general outline of the contract that you're going to want to have with you um, if you get pulled over. Um, if uh, Monty, if you get time, and we're going to have a link, you know, like I was saying earlier, to all this information on, on Tad's website. If uh, you get the time, Monty, I'd really like to give them the, the, the laws also that they can review. Uh, would that be possible? This will give them more confidence. Um. Well, it's kind of a blend. It's you have to read the state statutes. You have to first of all, you need to read your constitution because there's an awful lot in there that people aren't aware of, and it's in there just plain as day. We have time. Do you want to um, go through uh, the process, uh, you know, which we discussed when the constitution came out about the Bill of Rights, and that there's that loophole at the very bottom. The one that says, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless it's been repealed, all previous laws are enacted or are still valid, which they tend to gloss over with statutes, et cetera. Could you explain oh. that a little bit to the viewers? You know what I'm talking about, correct? Yeah. Um, it's usually on the schedule. That's the uh, title. It's at the very end of most of the state constitutions. Because most of the states, with the exception of the first 13 in the uh, Republic of Texas, um, or Texas Republic, uh, it was a constitutional republic before it came in. Um, <clears throat> most states were a territory before they were a state. And the while they were a territory, um, they were under federal authority and they're so they had to comply with the US Constitution Bill of Rights etc cetera, etc cetera. We're, we're discussing something here it's kind of like a chain of title on a property when right. we're talking about change of title on the on the law so <clears throat> in the schedule it says that uh, in so many words it'll vary from state to state but it's essentially the same thing that um, whatever laws, territorial laws, which included federal, uh, which were in force and effect, and that also includes the co uh, English common law, that were in force and effect in the territory, unless they are specifically repealed by the Constitution upon its adoption or by statutes after the Constitution is adopted, unless they're repealed by those, they remain in full force and effect to this very day. That's now, the language. Now, That's and, the language and, in the schedule. And they haven't really repealed anything on that, or at least most states haven't? Um, no, some of it they have. In other words, um, like 
rid of Polarento, I've discovered they have repealed that, but they didn't do away with it. They just changed how you go about it. They want everything okay. under the they want everything under the statutes. Like I said, I told you before, they can't right. see beyond the statutes. Gotcha. Okay. Now in Oregon, um, before they supposedly amended the uh, art, the judicial article, uh, it discussed. They created the Office of Prosecuting Attorneys and they outlined what their duties, their broad general duties were. And they had, uh, I'm sure, similar statutes. They might still have them. But I have to rely on, at the moment, the one I have in front of me is the one for um, Idaho. This is a statute, state statute. And one of the duties of the prosecuting attorney is to prosecute all felony criminal actions irrespective of whom the arresting officer is. So you could have a federal officer or a state officer or a county officer arrest somebody and the county prosecutor where the crime took place has, has no choice. There's no discretion here. The statute says he has to prosecute if it's a felony. That's the gotcha. example what I'm talking about. And all right, for for the listeners, we're going to be doing. Um, there's a project that uh, Monty's been doing, which I'm really excited about. It is Core uh, Warento, and uh, what we're probably going to do on, hopefully, if if you're ready, Monty, I'd like to do one on that one. And basically, what it's stating is is that. Let's say if the police violate your right, you don't need to use in 19, was it 1983? Uh, well, well, if you want to go that route, you can do the same thing well, with the feds, but um, when it's federal officers. But uh, I like yours better because you can fire everybody all the way to, uh, <laughs> to the mayor's well, office. Yeah, the, the critical difference is that when you're using, when you're going after them under the Coorento principle, the object, it only has one object, and that's to remove them from office or have them fired by court order. Uh, if you go after them under civil rights violations, now you're after money, you're after a whole bunch of other things. You might win and you might not. But with Corrento, the burden of proof is on them to uh, prove or show cause why they shouldn't be ordered to vacate the office. And that's only applicable if they are engaging in violating your constitutional rights, or does that apply to other aspects of the law? What what it applies to, uh, since you've asked, there's three things that will support or justify a quo rento. The first, obviously, is uh, involves usurpation of an office or impersonation. In other words, you're not lawfully in office. Uh, the second is if they fail to perform a duty belonging to the office intentionally, such as what I just read to you. Um, I could remove the uh, county prosecutor if he fails to prosecute a felony. Okay. And Which I'm yeah. sure everybody would like to hear, <laughs> yeah. since they and do then, that all yeah. the time. <laughs> and the third justification for Quo to remove them from office is if they abuse or uh, their uh, their power 
exercise powers in excess of the office that are vested in the office. Those are so, the three so things that will justify getting them thrown out of office. So it's almost like doing an impeachment, except for you don't have to go through the legislative process or the le legislative branch and all of the, the different processes to go through. Is, it's actually a court. Yeah, it's precisely why I don't – that's why I like it, because going through the impeachment process is like asking the fox to guard the hen house. Mm -hmm. And in this case, they have to, the burden of proof is on them. No, I, I, we're going we're gonna to do one on that one, guys. Um, you know, should Monty have the time, and hopefully he'll want to do it. Um, but let, let's go ahead and get any other things that, uh, that you want to talk about when it comes to uh, – oh, do you want to explain to them that you can actually have a judge sign that same contract or a, a slightly very different variation? But uh, you can re-contract uh, or renegotiate with a judge, correct? Right, and if he um, if he refuses, you can say, "Okay, then I want to see a certified copy of your oath." Because if you're not going to sign a contract, you have to be under oath to keep me secure in my person and my property under Article Four of the Bill of Rights. And my property includes my rights, so I want to see either your oath or you're going to sign a contract with me. Right, which isn't in variance with the oath that he took, so he should not have an issue with it, correct? That's correct. And if he, he does have an issue, then he's prejudiced in one form or another and could be reclused. Uh, well, yeah, then you'd put an affidavit of prejudice in against him. We've gone, in one case, we went through six different judges. One right Until out you of the found other. one that would actually do his job. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Six judges. Yeah. To finally get one that's actually going to admit that I'm going to uphold your, your rights, which is what every judge's job should be to begin with. Yeah. Amazing. So Monty, Amazing. Monty, after you got through the sixth judge, what happened after that? Um, we got a judge that uh, produced his, uh, had the clerk go down and, uh, to the recorder's office and get a copy, or no, I think they, no, not that one. That was, uh, they faxed it in from the uh, Secretary of State. And did you get a fair? Did you actually get a fair trial with him once he signed the contract? And did he sign the contract? Well, as fair, no, he didn't because he produced his oath. Gotcha. Uh, which is now in record. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so uh, they were at that point. They were very, very, very careful how they handled that case. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and again, for everybody out there, this is the same as when you're working with the police or you're working with, um, you know, the, the courts. You, you want to show that you know what you're doing, but you don't have to do it, you know, in an arrogant way. Uh, you could just, yeah, because all that's going to do is create more hostility. Um, yeah. Go along. Uh, we got time enough to tell this. Generally, when you're dealing with the police guys, and you're standing on your rights, you're going to get one of two things. Again, recording your, your interaction will reduce the possibility of having a, a, a real negative uh, encounter. But when you stand on your rights, the police are generally going to do one of two things. Um, they're going to be polite, and they'll just give you the ticket anyways, or they'll just say, forget it, you know, I'll see you later. 
or they're going to get hostile. Did, did you want to tell them about that one hostile encounter? You know, in all fairness, I want people to know that when you stand on your rights, you know, you, you do run a little bit of a chance. Um, oh, you mean uh, where I had seven, seven to one? Yeah, no. where they were chasing you and following you around. <laughs> oh, they pulled, an amb- they pulled an ambush on me, and I saw it coming, so I pulled into a private parking lot. Technically, they didn't have jurisdiction then, but um, <clears throat> there were uh, seven police officers. They had shut off all their camcorders on their vehicles. They left on the uh, audio uh, portion that goes through their uniforms because it's easier to alter an audio record than it is uh, a video. Uh, but you know, they knew who I was. It was an ambush. They, um, the first officer came up to the door, and there was two right behind him. And um, he asked me to step out of the rig, and I said, what's your probable cause for interfering with me? And when you ask for probable cause, you're asking them to identify the crime. And he said, um, suspended license. And I said, well, I don't have any contracts with the state. I think you're in error on this. But uh, uh, assuming that you are correct, uh, the suspended license, is that a uh, crime in this state? And he said, yes, it is. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, Who's the individual claiming criminal injury against me? And he said, the uh, the state, this was Washington, he said, the state of Washington. And I said, well, the state of Washington is a fiction. No different than Alice in Wonderland. I'd like to you explain to me how you can manage to injure a fiction. And uh, he came back and said, well, it's the people of the state of Washington. And I said, well, fine. Which one of those people is claiming criminal injury against me? And at that point, he got—he was over his head at that point, and he knew he was. So he had all his other buddies there with him, so they yanked me out of the rig and basically uh, gave me a Rodney King working over and, and um, hauled me off to jail. Well, you do but, know why and, that happened is because he, you didn't ask him why we can't all get along. But, you know, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, but before they took me to jail, before they took me to jail, they had to take me to the emergency room at the hospital. And uh, they were very careful. It's interesting how that went down because they were going to do a... I had a cut on my head. And, of course, head wounds bleed more profusely. So and they had to take me down. The e, uh, uh, EMR people are... uh, We're not allowed to do stitching, so it took five stitches. But um, so they had to take me to the hospital to get it stitched up. But they were worried about concussion, and um, the uh, when we got there at the admissions with an officer on either elbow, um, they asked a number of questions. And they wanted to know if I had insurance or uh, something. I forget what they asked me. And I said, what do you want that? What do you want that information for? For billing purposes? And she said, yes. And I said, well, send the bill to the uh, uh, 
police department because they're the ones that caused it. And then she asked me, and that's as far as that got. And then she asked me, do you have any medical conditions? And I said, yeah, I've got a stent in my heart, and I'm in congestive heart failure. So at least that's what they tell me. So um, when they did, we're going to do the uh, CAT scan to check for a concussion. They're very careful not to go down to my chest level because they would have seen the stent. So here you got seven cops beating up a 60-year-old man with a heart condition for no cause. Well, no, they taught you a lesson. Well, that's you all right. You don't fight authority. <laughs> and then later on, I have to add this, later on in one of the hearings, um, I, I kept uh, insisting on the probable cause. So eventually they wound up giving me a proper judge instead of a magistrate. And um, in, in the, before that happened, I had written a letter to the Department of Licensing asking them to certify whether or not I had a contractual agreement with the state, i.e. a license. And they sent a letter back certifying that they had no contractual relationship with me. So there went the whole case right there. In other words, you have no license, meaning no contractual agreement. I'm right. sure they didn't so, say contractual agreement. They said you had no license, I'm sure. No, they said no contractual agreement, but a license is oh, a contractual nice. agreement. Right, yeah. Okay, and um, so <clears throat> when I told the judge I was going to enter that into evidence, I was a woman judge, when I told her I was going to enter that into evidence, and that everything else these guys did was fruit of the poison trees, so it was void, uh, she said, I'm not going to allow that. That's a breach of her oath on the Article 4 of the Bill of Rights, by the way. And I said, oh. And so I looked at her and I said, uh, so let me see if I understand you correctly here. I'm going to be treated as a criminal and put as subjected to criminal process for no better reason that I won't stand up and say Zeke Heil on cue. Is that what's going on here? And she said, yes. And it wasn't a whole lot longer after that that I delivered my solemn recognition of mixed war. What Which, is that? Now, let, let's get into that on a different video. We're going okay. into like 45 all right. minutes, guys. Um, all, right. all right. Everybody, if... Um, the next one that we're going to do, if Monty, you know, uh, wants to do one, which I hope he will. If not, you know, we got John Gorland, or we got several other um, people that uh, we'll be doing interviews with. But if you want to get in on the next one and ask questions, you know, after we talk about the topic, make sure to uh, check in my description. I'm going to have links to everything, uh, but make sure to uh, follow me on Twitter because I'll tweet out ahead of time, uh, you know, the date and time. Uh, for you know our next one, and you'll be able to ask questions afterwards. This is what Tad's here for. Hey, Tad, <laughs> you yeah. get to screen the calls, okay? <laughs> but you'll talk to Tad, and Tad will find out you know what you want to ask about. I just ask you all to stay on topic. Um, Monty, really, I, I really enjoy talking to you. You know, both off the phone and you know on a call. You know, and I really hope that we can keep doing these. Not a problem. All right, guys. All right. Um, again, check description. You'll get all the information, guys, and 
money and and Tad, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thank you, John. All right. All right, we'll call that at the end. Um, Monty, were you comfortable with how that went? You know, hey, again, I no, know I interrupted it's you. It's still a lot. recording. It's still recording, but once I shut the recording off, I cannot restart it. So, do you want oh, me to okay. shut it off? Oh, that's I can edit it out. Well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and shut it off. We're done. Okay. Uh, and hold on. Stop recording. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.